Well, hello everyone. Good morning to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. We appreciate you being here this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to go ahead and get started with some music while we allow people to get settled in and get ready to get into some Sunday School. But uh, the first, we're going to play some music from B.B. Winans live, Lost Without You with Debbie Winans. Here it comes. We appreciate you being here this morning. God bless you. Good morning, Ronnie. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Brother Nate and Marnell. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Brother Roscoe. Roscoe Fry is watching, and he's watching. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Marvin Winans, or pardon me, B.B. Winans with Debbie Winans. I was about to say Marvin Winans. It's not even Marvin Winans. B.B. Winans and Debbie Winans. Appreciate you being here. Thanks so much. Amen. Jackie, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, Jackie. <laughs> Appreciate you being here. for being here this morning. Is it frozen? Do I need to turn the Wi-Fi off or what? Jackie's saying it's frozen. It looks like we're still on, so... Okay. Jackie, if it's frozen, just go out and come back in. If you can hear my words. Good morning to my bride. Logged in. <laughs> Amen.
They got the dribbles running. That's making it run faster now. That's all I can tell you. Never know anymore how it all works. Good morning, Columbus. Thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning, Dion. Appreciate you being here. Good morning, Mr. Gaines. Welcome, welcome. Good morning, Delia. And that's why we play the music. Everybody a chance to get, get settled in. Amen. things up or anything like that, right? I think we're good. Greg, good morning. Caroline, good morning. Amen. Amen. Appreciate you being here. Good morning, Sister Pearl. Good morning, Walter. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That was B.B. Um, Winans live with uh, Debbie Winans. It was a version of Lost Without You. I don't remember that song sounding anything like that at all. Not at all. I, I don't remember that, but that's okay. That was a good version. I'll take it. You know, it, <laughs> it works out fine. Um, Again, thanks so much for being here this morning. I think a lot of us are getting logged in now and getting ready to get rolling here. We have our live audience here in church who is also getting settled in. And we appreciate you being here. I don't take it for granted. I don't take it for granted one bit, uh, all of the those who are logging in. And all I can say, if, you, if for whatever reason you're having trouble um, logging in and staying online, this is, of course, going to be available for viewing afterward if you need to go back and look at material. Uh, that's a, We try to just make sure it just stays available for you. So we have, if there's any issues, I apologize. Anna, good morning. You're also there with Columbus. We appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Um, blessings to you. Blessings to you. We appreciate it very much. And uh, looking forward to seeing you guys in person uh, at some point. So we appreciate you being here. Um, let's take care of some announcements while we get going this morning. First of all, um, today um, the message uh, will be available online. Uh, today's message for the church will be online in this timeline. If you're not coming to the church today, it will be available for you to view. The Big Little Church is the name of the message, and uh, that is coming up. Uh, it'll be available immediately following Sunday school this morning on the timeline for those of you who are not coming to church. The Big Little Church is the name of the message, and we appreciate you being here. Um, please remember your tithes and offerings. We appreciate you giving uh, prayerful consideration to what you're going to contribute um, 
because it's important to always do that, and we appreciate you doing that very thing. If you are mailing your tithes and offerings to us, you would mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. And we appreciate, again, uh, your giving that consideration. Uh, We want you to make sure that you're always taking care of your bills first, your own responsibilities, and whatever the Lord gives gives to you to share and give for the church for the benefit of the ministry. Uh, for the benefit of uh, pro- proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to others, uh, please give it that prayerful consideration. Amen. And I believe that is all we need to announce at this point. Uh, we'll be having church later, of course, after this. And also we'll try to broadcast our service online as well, too. We look for that around 11 o'clock this morning. Amen. Um, So let's get into Sunday school. We are going to be covering, back in the book of John, we're in a new section of John, John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. That's where we're going to be in today. We're in a new chapter. This chapter is going to continue in the conversation that Jesus is having in giving instruction to his disciples. Um, He is going to be teaching about the vine and the branches in this particular passage, and Um, Not just the vine and the branches, but I want you to also see as we get further into this about the importance of love in the world today. Um, You're going to see how much Jesus loves us. It's going to be shared and we're also going to see how important it is for us to love him as well, too. And one thing I've noticed, and I'll I'll, I'll share this uh, while I'm thinking about it right now. I know that during uh, praise and worship time in just about every church I've ever seen, whether it's on television or even seen, maybe even here as well too, right? You'll see some people who are very willing and, and able to praise the Lord right openly right there when the music is playing. And there are other people who are just standing and just processing what's going on. It's not, a, not an indictment against them but that they're not doing the same things of praising and worshiping. But I want you to understand how important it is for you as you're deepening your relationship with Jesus, that you find room to praise him. And see where that's coming, that, that praise is coming from deep within. And I know that not everybody is going to be there. I know guys are like the last ones usually to, to, to get uh, emotional about who Jesus is. They're the last ones to do it because it's all about this, it's about this thing. Well, I'm a man. And not only am I a man, but I'm a grown man. But that's, unfortunately, (laughs) you can be a man and still praise the Lord Jesus Christ because we all have a headship that we have to look to and respond to. And if it weren't for Jesus, you wouldn't be here. Um, So we, I want you to know that that's kind of the theme of what I'm going to be talking about a little bit here and even in the upcoming message uh, today as well, too. But... Be that as it may, we're going to get into this and get into what the lesson is all about. But a lot of information here about relationship with Jesus is what's going to come out in today's Sunday school class. Um, So with that in mind, let's go ahead and get into the word. Let's get into it with a word of prayer and we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your presence this morning. We know that where more than two are gathered you, where two or more are gathered, you are present. And we thank you uh, for how you truly do respond to our pleadings to you, our prayers to you, 
the way that we look to you, Lord, we, we thank you for being present and being responsive and giving us maybe not even answers to questions we have right away, but indeed encouraging us with your very presence. And we thank you for that. We don't uh, take any of these things for granted, as I said before. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. Lord, now teach us through the power of the Spirit what you want us to know about this relationship that we have with you. And we give you praise and thanks. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 15. Let's take a look at verses 1 through 17. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. We'll be reading in the New Living Translation. We have, it's all Jesus. These are all the words of Jesus for this entire section that we're going to be looking at. And there's a lot to look at here when it comes to this relationship. I want you to consider something before I read the passage. Have you ever wondered why there is so much, and maybe it's perception, and maybe it's because that's why we fellowship together, because we get to experience love with each other. But the perception today for most of us is when we, in this world, we are in a very dark time. There are a lot of people who are practicing hate and hatred and not focusing in any way, shape, or form on the love of Christ. Even us believers have to be cautious and careful not to get swept into that very way of thinking as well, too. Because we have to recognize that because we are in Satan's domain and we are in his world and we are in his area where he is going to propagate hate as often as possible. Why? Satan is in direct opposition to God and there's nothing greater that Satan can do than hurt God's people. The people that God loves hurt them. Hurt them by keeping them off of the focus on who Jesus is. Or keeping people who don't know Jesus away from him as far as a relationship. And so, you know, not to get all wrapped up into it, COVID was a, was a beginning point, I think. Well, it was not really a beginning point, but it was just a, a way of accelerating house. I'll just use that word accelerating how um, there is so much turmoil that is taking place in the world today. Hate is very common. It's, you don't have to go far to find it. People are confused. People are just thrown off kilter. And believers have to be very cautious. And that's kind of what this message is today in this particular passage. We have to be cautious that we remain in Christ. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but we have to remain in Christ. We have to stay focused on it. And that's what the message of the vine and the branches is all about. So let's go ahead and read through the entire passage. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17, and we're going to then go back over it and have some hopefully eye-opening discussion about what's going on here. Okay, verse 1, John chapter 15. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do not bear fruit so they will produce even more. Verse 3, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine 
and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Verse 8, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings, brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. Verse 11, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. Verse 16, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. Okay, that's John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. And notice that when, and one of the things that I've noticed when I read scripture, when I see repetition, when I see that Jesus or anybody who's giving dialogue, especially the Lord, right? If you see something like that more than once in the same passage, there's emphasis there, everybody. There's emphasis. It's hammering home a point. It's giving us information to help us to be understand the importance of what is being said. And guess what? We need that. We need reinforcement. We need encouragement because we're living in this world that we just talked about where we, you know, we leave our homes and there's hate. And what, you know, what windows are we turning on in our homes that bring that hate into our, our living rooms? So, you know, you might want to make sure that you're not watching programs that have that demonic twist to it or have those, uh, the darkness that comes out of some of the programming. I refuse to watch it. Uh, my wife refuses to watch it. We will not watch anything like that. We don't want that information in our heads. And we have to make sure that we're guarding our hearts. That's what, call, that's what you have to do. You have to guard your own heart. You're guarding your heart from taking in this darkness. And we already know that we're living in a dark world. We already know that we're living in Satan's domain. So we don't need to keep piling on and you know, making sure that we, okay, yeah, we're in Satan's domain, so we're going to keep watching stuff that reflects that. No, you don't have to do that at all. If anything, you're going to watch or look at programming that's going to be helpful for you, that's going to be peaceful, that's going to give you contentment, and you're going to be studying and reading God's Word every day. And that's what you need to do. But look, let's go back to the top and look what it says here once again, what Jesus is talking about. Verse 1, I am the grapevine and my father is the gardener. Um, the grapevine 
those of you who have grown grapes or know about grapes, they are very, very prolific plants. They grow. Um, it supports numerous branches. It bears many grapes, many, many uh, amounts of fruit that you can get. Boy, when you buy grapes at the grocery store, are there are so many different kinds of grapes, and they're delicious. And uh, we got red grapes, we got green grapes, and we have favorites like that. But they're they're delicious. They're good for you. And you know, even when uh, for those individuals who are having a hard time, and you know, freezing your grapes and putting them in the refrigerator to help cool you off is also a great way to receive nourishment and be refreshed. They're prolific plants. But what does the grapevine symbolize? In the Old Testament, the grapes symbolized Israel's fruitfulness in doing God's work on the earth. Let's look at a couple of passages to uh, reinforce that. Psalm 80. Go to Psalm 80. Psalm 80. And let's drop down to verse 8. And look what it says here. This is a great passage. You, being the Lord, dug up a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. Who is he referring to? Israel. The nation of Israel. They were in captivity. They had to be removed from this captivity. They had to be moved into another place. And this is how God was going to uh, go and do his work on the earth. Another passage. Let's go to Isaiah 5. One thing that was pointed out this morning that was very interesting for us to recognize too. When we look at the Old Testament, and anybody who tells you the Old Testament is not relevant anymore today, um, I'm going to drop a name too, Andy Stanley. Anybody who tells you that uh, the, old, the Old Testament is not relevant today, it's outdated, it's, that's a bunch of... That's from the pit, everybody. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Andy Stanley has shown himself to be anything but his father. He is the exact opposite of what his father was. And so when I hear that, because he said it more than once, uh, this is all relevant information for all of us. Let's look at this passage before I digress any further than I already have. Isaiah 5, verse 1. I will sing about the one I love, a song about my loved one's vineyard. The one I love had a vineyard on, very, on a very fertile hill. He broke up the soil, cleared it of stones, and planted it with the finest vines. He built a tower in the middle of it and even dug out a wine press there. He expected it to yield good grace, but it yielded worthless grapes. So now, residents of Jerusalem and men of Judah, please judge me between me and my vineyard, what more could I have done for my vineyard than I did? When I, why, when I expected a yield of good grapes, did it yield worthless grapes? Now, I will tell you what I'm about to do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge and it will be consumed. I will tear down its wall and it will be trampled. I will make it a wasteland. It will not be pruned or weeded. Thorns and briars will grow up. I will also give orders to the clouds that rain should not fall on it. For the vineyard of the Lord of armies is the house of Israel and the men of Judah, the plant he delighted in. He expected justice but saw injustice. 
He expected righteousness, but heard cries of despair. Now, what he's doing here, of course, this is Isaiah speaking prophetically about the nation. God is giving us the information that Israel is the vineyard, but they were not being faithful to God. And so there was going to be destruction with that vineyard. The the weeds were going to come up. It was not going to be pruned. It was not going to grow because those... What was coming off of the fruit was worthless. It wasn't meaningful. But God gives us these word pictures all the time and he wants us to see this word picture about the value of who the nation of Israel is and the fruit that Israel will will provide and give. Now, we are the branches of the true vine and thankfully we have that privilege because of the relationship we have with Jesus Christ to indeed carry forth the message of truth, the message of the gospel. But we're only going to be as fruitful as we are obedient. We're only going to be as fruitful as we are obedient to the word of God. Christ is the vine. God is the gardener who cares for the branches to make them fruitful. The branches are all those who claim to be followers of Christ. Now, look at this very carefully. The branches are all those who claim to be followers of Christ. Now, that kind of puts a little something in there for consideration. Because remember what I said earlier about how when we as believers, we have to be growing and progressing throughout our lifetime. We have to be growing in our relationship with the Lord Jesus. Well, you're only going to grow as much as you choose to grow. You're only going to grow as much as you decide that you want to be a true follower, a believer of Jesus. Salvation is not the issue so much here for the vast majority of these individuals. We have salvation. But a lot of people will say they follow Jesus. But are they really saved? And the fruitful branches are true believers who, by their living in union with Jesus Christ, you will produce much fruit. And the Holy Spirit continues to progress every believer with this sanctification that takes place, with this repeated, ongoing growth, progression, learning more, studying more, you know, even for my, for, especially for me, but even for our beloved pastor who's here in this room, I'm, I'm pretty confident he's reading passages he's seen before many, many times, and something new is coming out of that reading. There is progression, there's growth all the time for all of us, no matter how long we've been into it or whatever, and, and we need to recognize that for what it really is. We're still growing and learning. And by this relationship we have with Jesus, he is producing much fruit. But the comment here is very important. But those who become unproductive, and this is kind of the Isaiah part that we're looking at here, we just read. Those who turn back from following Christ after making a superficial commitment will be separated from the vine. Unproductive followers are as good as dead and will be cut off and tossed aside. So we can't assume 
that every person who professes to be to have a knowledge of Christ they really need to know Christ they really need to have a relationship with Christ and I don't want this in any way to be a controversial teaching it's not I'm really going by the fact that why would Jesus say in verse 2 he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit why would he say that if you're cut off what happens when branches are cut off it's not pruning they're thrown in the fire they're bundled up and put in the trash. What happens when you cut off branches from a tree? You're trying to get, you know, get a tree together and maybe you've got some dead growth on that tree. Well, you're not going to keep the dead growth. You're going to cut that dead growth off, put it in a pile, wrap it up, bundle up, and well, you can't really burn everything today, maybe except in our neighborhood, I suppose, but you throw it in the trash because it doesn't have any benefit. There's no benefit for it whatsoever. Why would Jesus say that in the second verse? He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. What is that involving? When you're cutting back branches, you're pruning them back. They're fruitful. You're cutting them back to do what? Promote growth. Promote growth. He's talking about what it means to be in service, to be in a church, to be in a place where you're worshiping and praising God. And you're going to have moments where you're going to go through stuff. And that stuff is pretty much a way of you learning and growing. But you're being pruned back. You've learned some things and now you know you have great information for the future. This can go where we have setbacks, where we have experiences in life, where we've now gained knowledge and experience to do what? To be able to teach others. I've been through that. I know what this is all about. Perhaps I can be helpful to you because you're not the only one who's been through this particular situation. And that's part of that pruning that we're talking about. We're being pruned back because we'll produce more fruit. But those who are unproductive, those who turn back from following Christ will be separated. Fruitful branches are cut back to promote growth. And sometimes we have to be disciplined. Disciplined to strengthen our character and our faith. Have all of us at some point in our lifetime been disciplined in one way or another? Amen. Nobody else said amen except one person here. But that's okay. But all of us... <laughs> <laughs> but, but everybody here has been disciplined. See, nobody wants to admit to it. Thank you for all the likes online, everybody. I appreciate that. <laughs> but we've been disciplined for different reasons. We've, there are things that we know we shouldn't have done, and God has disciplined us, and that's including being believers. Amen? Okay, that was a little bit better. So we, we have to recognize that this is good, because it strengthens our character and our faith. All God promises if we just repent and turn from our sin, He is going to welcome us back with open arms. He loves us. This is a, this love relationship that we have that's available to us. And I don't want to get stuck on this section here, but I, I do want to emphasize that this branches that don't bear fruit are cut off. 
And, and the other reason why they're cut off is that we don't want it to infect the rest of the tree, the rest of the branches, the body of Christ. People who don't bear fruit for God or try to block the efforts of God's followers will be cut off. So I'm going to let you, let's just continue reading and let's see what, what that really represents here. Verse 3, back to the passage, John 15, verse 3. Uh, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Again, he's talking to the disciples, but he's also talking to us as well too. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. And then verse 5. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We have to be connected to Jesus to be productive. We have to yield to Jesus to be used by him. Can we go out on our own and, and proclaim truth and talk about the truth? Yes, we could, but we need to make sure that we're moving according to the Spirit as we do those things. That's where the productivity comes in. And how do we remain in Christ? How do we do that? Well, first of all, it means, number one, believing that He is God's Son. Take a look at 1 John chapter 4. 1 John 4. Believing that He is God's Son. You know, you, you hate to make such a simple statement like this, but we have to understand we've got a bunch of folks in church that don't know Jesus. So we have to keep teaching this over and over again to make sure that they understand about what it is to have a relationship with Jesus. If you want to remain in Christ, you've got to say, first of all, well, Jesus is the Son of God. He is the one who died on the cross for us. Let's look at what it says on verse, four, uh, verse 15, 1 John 4. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God. Of course, this is John writing in his other letter um, about the love of God and what's important and, and making sure that we have a relationship with him. John does a very eloquent job of proclaiming the truth about what it is to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's go back to John chapter 1, verse 12. Let's look at receiving Him as Savior and Lord. So we're going to go back to John chapter 1, verse 12. John 1, verse 12. But to all who believed Him, believed him meaning Jesus, and accepted Him, He gave the right to become children of God. He gave the right because He had full authority to do so. Why did He have full authority to do so? Because it was given to Him by the Father because of what He did in obedience to the Father on the cross and was resurrected because of His, um, because the Spirit brought Him out of that grave. He had full authority to say we could become children of God because we believe in Jesus Christ. We also remain in Christ when we do what God says. 
Go back. I didn't mean to do the leapfrog, but go back to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John 3. And we're going to look at verse 24. First John 3, verse 24. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with Him and He with them. And we know He lives in us because the Spirit He gave us lives in us. Very clear teaching about what it is to make sure that we are being obedient to God's Word. And continuing to believe the good news... Uh, go back to chapter 2, same, same book, 1 John 2, verse 24. 1 John 2, verse 24. So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. Now, why do you think that the, these words are being said about remaining, 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 remaining in the faith, remaining in a place where you're going to continue to grow? Well, that's the plain and simple. If you don't remain, you're not going to grow. If you don't remain in him, you're not going to progress. You're going to be stuck. You're going to be stagnant. If you don't get into God's word, if you're not in regular prayer with the Lord, if you're not doing the things necessary to understand what the word is and stay obedient to him, you're going to plateau, plateau as a believer and you're not going to grow. Even though the indwelling spirit is still there, guess what? There's nothing to feed off of. And the spirit will remind you of things and tell you things, but you'll ignore the spirit. You can ignore the spirit. Spirit will tell you what's right. But you can choose to do what's wrong. You can be bad all by yourself. Amen? And I think that's why we have to emphasize this thing about remaining in Him. And let's not forget, we'll, we'll get to it further on in the passage too, we also want to relate in love to the community of believers. The body of Christ. That's coming up in verse 12. So let's, let's go back to John chapter 15 and let's keep going here. Go to verse 6. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Now again, this was said earlier in verse 2. It's being said again in verse 6. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Verse 7. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. You have such a close relationship with the Lord Jesus, you are going to be in tune with his will for your life. He's going to give you what you need to be sustained, to be able to carry out the gospel. Now, when we say ask for anything you want, if you're in God's will, you're not going to be asking for some ridiculous things like, you know, I want a new Rolls Royce. 
Or I want the biggest bank account you can give me, Lord. Well, if that's not in God's will, guess what? You ain't going to get it. And you're not going to get it. And if that means you're really not in His will. So I have to mention that because most people understand what I'm saying when I say that. But we have people who pray selfishly. So we need to understand that praying selfishly is not count in maintaining a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Selfish desires are not going to cut it. Selfish desires are often fleshly desires. The flesh is in opposition with the spirit. You're not in God's will when you're praying or acting in that manner. So I have to point that out because I want to make sure it's very clear. Verse 8, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings much glory to my Father. And we have to understand something about this fruit. Fruit is not just about winning people to Jesus. Fruit consists of many different things. Answered prayers, joy, love are mentioned as fruit. Of course, if we go to Galatians 5, let's take a look at Galatians chapter 5. We need to understand that fruit is, consists of many different things. And we're referring to the fruit of the Spirit because we are operating with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So we can produce much fruit. And boy, do we need to in a world like this today. The world can use this kind of fruit. But the Holy, verse 22 of Galatians 5, we're going to read through to verse 24. Uh, Galatians 5:22. but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Let me slow down, make sure people get to it. Galatians 5:22. Galatians 5:22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Joy, pardon me, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, I'm reading verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucify them there. Do you understand what's being said here? Those who belong to Jesus have taken their own selfish desires, their own inadequacies, their own failings, and nailed them to the cross with Jesus. We have to practice love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, fruitfulness, gentleness, self-control in this world today, which is anything but expressing love, anything but joy, anything but peace, anything but patience. A lot of impatient people out there on the road today. Amen? amen. That's the biggest amen I got today. <laughs> because all of you had to drive in your cars to get here today. And you see evidence of it every time you get in the car. There's a lack of patience. There's a lack of fruit out there. There's a lack of kindness there's a lack of goodness. There's a lack of faithfulness. Now, that's a, we have to be cautious here too because believers need to be faithful as well. 
there's a lack of gentleness, very harsh conversations today. And above all, a lack of self-control. Folks is crazy. That's special kind of language. But there are folks out here just flat out crazy. And so we have to recognize that it's up to the believers, it's up to the body of Christ, it's up to us to make sure that we're being kind to somebody. Do you realize that you're just being nice to somebody in a checkout line at a grocery store or at your neighborhood Target or Walmart can go miles to help a person? Just be nice. Because they could have had one of the worst days ever, a really crappy day, a really bad day in the family. Be nice to people. You have to tell, you have to remind ourselves, be nice to people. And that's where our maturity in Christ comes into play. If we're remaining in Christ, Jesus is going to teach us about what it is to do what's right. He's going to teach us how to live a good life and to stay close to Him. He's going to teach us about being this branch attached to the vine. But apart from Jesus, we're not fruitful. Apart from Jesus, we're not living in a fruitful manner. If you're not living in that manner, well, you're missing out. You're missing out. Jesus wants to be with us, through us, in us, live through us, every day, all day long. Why miss out? Let's get back to the text. Because our time is running short here. Verse 9. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Now, notice verse 10 real quick again. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. Why was Jesus successful in His ministry on earth? He remained obedient to the Father. Plain and simple. He did exactly what His Father told Him to do. Do you think for a moment that Satan wasn't trying to attack Jesus with those things that were fleshly of course, we have evidence of that in Matthew chapter 4, but this was going on all through when, when Jesus said, Father, this, take this cup from me. I don't want it. And an angel had to be sent to, to minister to him. We're in a spiritual battle. He was in a spiritual battle. But I am just so thankful that he remained obedient to the Father. He did not disobey his Father. And that's the lesson he's teaching us here. You stay obedient to me as I was obedient to the Father. And I've told you these things that you'll be filled with joy. Yes, your joy is going to overflow. And that's when times get difficult. We recognize that we can get depressed. We can sink. We can lose our joy. But the more we grow and progress in Jesus he helps take that edge off. He helps us to recognize, you know what? I mean, look at what Job went through. He's a lesson for us all. 
But at the end of the day, he had to come back and recognize that God was the one who kept him. Had to tell and rebuke his wife for the words that she was saying. No offense here, ladies. Not, that's, just a, that's just something that happened in Scripture. I'm just reporting what happened. But he had to rebuke his wife because she was not in any way, shape, or form looking to God for anything. And when we understand what joy is, joy is not necessarily the happiest feeling that we have. Joy has more to do with having a consistent relationship with Jesus. Jesus is our joy in the midst of trouble. Jesus is our refresher when we're having a hard time. He's the one who refreshes us. Jesus helps us walk through those hard times. Jesus is the one that gives us, he helps us to not, you know, not to dwell on this too much, but, you know, we have medication sometimes to help us to get through things. Amen? Most of us have to take medication for something. That's the reality of it. Our brains are chemical and we need chemical reinforcement sometimes to help us. Where do you think that comes from, though? God created everything. And those things are for us to help us. But he also wants us not to just rely upon the medication. He wants to rely upon his, his goodness. He's the one that helps us to manage and get through those highs and lows. The joy of living with Jesus Christ daily, daily, will keep us level-headed. No matter how high or low our circumstances that's where our joy comes from. The joy is going to overflow. And when we stand up in front of a church or stand in church and stand and give Him praise, the joy will come out because you'll recognize where that joy is coming from. Some people are still processing that. Amen? I don't ever look down at anybody who just stands there and stares. As I saw it on TV this morning, there was a woman who was singing out loud on, on, uh, during a praise time in church and there's other women just standing there with just a stoic look on her face. Didn't really say anything. And I'm glad they showed that because not everybody's going to be doing that singing. But that person still has to do what? Grow and learn about what it is to give praise to God. Sometimes we have to be taught how to praise and be able to relate personal experiences with that. Time is running short. Let me cover a couple more, few more verses here. This is my commandment. Verse 12, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Amen. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. And then look at verse 17. Once again, the emphasis. This is my command. Love each other. Love must prevail. Love is one of the fruits of the Spirit. At the end of the day, all the fruits that we read about in Galatians chapter 5 are centered in one place. That's love. Love is all of those things. <clears throat> Pardon me. So always remember that. And Jesus invited us to live with him forever. We have to decide if we want to do that. We have to decide, do we want to be connected 
and truly connected to that vine as a branch. Jesus doesn't call us, he should, he could call us servants, but he calls us friends. Friends. A friend does have a different type of relationship than a servant does. A friend is, that's why Jesus said in verse 13, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends because he's our friend, because we have a relationship with him. And not just a casual relationship, but an active, growing, loving relationship. But love has to prevail in this world. Don't let little things derail you from being a loving person for Jesus Christ. Don't let Satan get you out of balance to the point where you just have an attitude problem. We need love in this world. We need to be the ones sharing love. We need to be the ones that are going forth and proclaiming this truth. As it says in Matthew 28, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Preach the truth. Speak the truth. That's how you're fruitful. That's how you're productive. That is showing that you truly are a connected branch to the vine that's being pruned and worked over and you're just going to produce more fruit when that happens. I'm thankful for Jesus that he's patient with me and he's patient with all of us to help us to understand the importance of that relationship with him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you again for this time that you've given to us where we can be taught and you are teaching us with your word through the power of the Spirit. Lord, may we be reminded that we cannot plateau as believers. We have to keep growing. We have to keep learning because in that growth we know that we have a confident relationship with you. You are teaching us day after day. May we remain faithful to you. May we remain obedient to your word. May we continue to trust you and have that faith. Even the faith of a mustard seed is still having faith. And we thank you for keeping your promises for us. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me for today's edition of Livestream Sunday School. We appreciate you being here today. Stay tuned online for the message, The Big Little Church. Uh, For those of you who are not coming to church today in Akron, if you are coming to church, uh, I'll see you soon. You take care of yourselves. God bless you. We'll see you next time.